faithwire.com. Well, the Supreme Court has ruled on Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. We'll have the details on that. Today's Thursday, January 13th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros, and this is the 4 in 3 podcast. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. Give us a subscribe. We'd love to have you join us. Joining me, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com. What's going on, fellas? Well, we're almost there. We're almost, almost. to the weekend. We are, and we're avoiding by one day it being Friday the 13th. It's Thursday ah, the 13th. That it is doesn't good. sound as ominous. No, yes. and like, I'm not a superstitious guy, uh, <laughs> but I will say when I, I, early on in my life, I think I was in second or third grade, and on a Friday the 13th, I slipped and fell and just nailed my head against the uh, big old radiators they used to have by the windows. Ooh, and uh oh gosh it was horrible i mean i was doing something dumb like awful. i was swinging you know with one hand on a desk and one hand on the radiator and i just slipped and um yeah i had to be sent home and that explains a lot just getting hit in the head like that <laughs> that, that explains a lot when you're hearing uh, all the things <laughs> that i'm saying i blame it on that day but that was on a friday the 13th so make of it what oh. you will oh boy yeah, yeah. oh boy so, so anyway what else we got coming up All right. So uh, I'm going to talk about the leader of the men's ministry, Promise Keepers, uh, is issuing a warning about pornography. Mm. He said that men should run in terror uh, from the sinful inclination to porn. And he explains why, among many reasons, he sees it as as so dangerous. Mm. Mm. And I'm also going to be talking about this church out in Canada that put out a really powerful message about why it's important to keep your doors open during the pandemic. Um, And they shared the testimony and baptism of this woman who has just an incredible story. All right, looking forward to those. We're going to start here with story number one, the breaking news today. The Supreme Court has stopped the Biden administration from enforcing a requirement that employees at large businesses be vaccinated uh, against COVID-19 or the alternative to do weekly testing and wear a mask on the job. At the same time, the court is allowing the administration to go ahead with a vaccine mandate for most healthcare workers in the in the U.S. The uh, the court's orders today uh, come during a spike in coronavirus cases, uh, coronavirus cases, uh, and so it was sort of a mixed bag for the administration's efforts that they're trying to do. They're trying to get you know Americans to uh, take the vaccine, and so that was. You know, that was a big deal as you know, the, the, this employer mandate, you know, companies are over 100. So it was a big burden. The Daily Wire and others have sued the administration over this. You know, it's a, a burden that they felt was uh, unfair on, on some of these companies. And so so the court's conservative majority, they concluded that the Biden administration overstepped um, by seeking to impose these OSHA vaccine or test rules on businesses of 100 or more. And this is what they said. OSHA has never before imposed such a mandate, nor has Congress. Indeed, although Congress has enacted uh, significant legislation addressing the COVID-19 pandemic, it has declined to enact any measure similar to what OSHA has promulgated so promulgated here. Uh, and that's what they wrote in, the, in their opinion. In the dissent, the court's three more liberal justices argued that it was the court that was overreaching by substituting its judgment for that of health experts acting outside of its competence and without legal basis. The court displaces the judgments of government officials given the responsibility to respond to workplace health emergencies. 
That was uh, Justice Stephen Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor in their dissent. So obviously a big deal here, guys. Um, and why does it matter? Well, I mean, a lot of people work for these big companies, and it's just throwing people into sort of a tizzy on whether or not they're going to have to get the vaccine or lose their job or you know the burden of doing all these testing when you can't find tests anywhere so uh, you know who pays for the tests and et cetera et cetera so so that is the breaking news today and um, that that dissent is quite interesting it, you know to hear the supreme court justices saying that we just need to listen to the experts yeah well <clears throat> <laughs> the experts have had a lot of different opinions yeah, about a lot of different right. things on all of this. And I can have grace for that. This is complicated. We're navigating new uncharted territory. Most, the vast majority of people were not around, obviously, when the last pandemic happened. But the reality is you're dealing with large businesses. And as you said, Dan, um, let's mandate something and then make sure there's not enough supply of it. So then you can't even enforce it properly. And we're sending people back to work or school five days after they test positive, mm. whether they still have it or not. I mean, yeah. all of this is so chaotic. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by this at all. Mm. Yeah, definitely not. And, uh, you know, I it's interesting to see the reactions already coming in. I Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire, for people who might not know, was one of the big uh companies that kind of signed on to one of these lawsuits mm -hmm. uh, that ended up at the Supreme Court. So Ben Shapiro just tweeted a few minutes ago, we at the Daily Wire are proud that we refused to comply with the Biden vaccine mandate from the start and that we were the first company in America to file our constitutional challenge to it. And we rejoice with you uh, at the Supreme Court's eminently uh, correct ruling today. Uh, eminently correct ruling today. So it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to see uh, the reactions already pouring in because it's had so many um I guess unintentional ramifications because not only has it, uh, you know, been a, a, a constitutional overreach to so many people, it's also led to shortages of staff, among other things. Obviously, yeah. some of it is people getting COVID, but then there's plenty of people, and especially in the healthcare market, who just quit their jobs and left. And we've had dealt with nursing shortages and all kinds of employee shortages in, in private sector companies all across the country uh, because people, for any number of reasons, are choosing to forego vaccination. Uh, so so it's it's interesting, and it certainly is probably not the thing the White House was hoping for with Joe Biden's approval rating already, yeah, abysmally low. Yeah. So I, yeah. I can't imagine yeah. this. Call me thirty three. Yeah, so not a good well, day, not a good week. No. Well, I, I also wanted to mention that when you look at the healthcare part of it, from what I understand, it's obviously federally funded healthcare facilities that would then be able to enforce this in a way that actually sort of comports with what we're seeing here. You're allowing businesses to make their decision, the government as as either an employer or as a funding source, and I know that that can get tricky and complicated, would then be able to mandate that for healthcare workers working at those institutions. Hmm, indeed. Yeah. All right, let's move on to story number two. So like I said, the leader of the men's ministry, Promise Keepers, uh, is really going after the issue of pornography, which as we all know is a huge, huge issue that's only becoming a bigger issue, it seems, by the day. Uh, so this week started the Promise Keepers Marriage Summit, and Ken Harrison, the CEO of Promise Keepers, he started his talk by recalling a group of guys who he was talking to who told them told him that they couldn't help themselves uh, when it came to pornography use, and even said that God created them that way. 
mm. uh, referring to their heightened desire for sex. And he said that's just that seems to be a conversation he's having more and more often with guys saying, you know, I was wired to be this sexual person uh, and I'm not married. I'm a single guy right now or I'm in a rough patch in my marriage. You know, whatever the justification, however flawed it is, you know, whatever justification they're using, uh, they're then falling back on, well, you know, God knew that I had this heightened sex drive. Uh, so pornography is just an outlet for that. And he said, I told them, no, sorry, guys, that doesn't cut it. He said, God didn't create you to be that way. God created you to have an intense longing for your wife, uh, for the two of you to become one flesh. He said, sin created uh, that longing for every other woman that you see uh, you know, on the street or at your church or at your workplace or uh, online if you're looking at pornography. He said, the Bible says we must flee from sin. It's an action. It's running in terror from it because it will separate us from God, from our kids, and from our wives. So it was good to hear him talking about the stakes because I know a lot of times we can talk about pornography in a vacuum or we can uh, wrestle with the issue issue of sexual sin in a vacuum uh, and never really realize until, you know, the poop hits the fan, uh, I guess, that, that there are so many other ramifications that it does ripple out and it has a lot of impacts on other people. Uh, so it was good to hear him say that. And, you know, number two here, something that I want to mention uh, is that he talked about the impact pornography has on the people who are in it. Um, because he said there are the women who go into pornography. He said, most of the time you don't hear these glowing stories about them having gone into porn because it, it, they had some sort of desire to be in the porn industry or that they're fulfill, fulfilling some sort of life goal. He said, a lot of people who end up in pornography have a history of being sexually traumatized or abused or trafficked ex, at some point. Uh, and he talked about the, the dark underbelly of pornography. So these pornographers, people who are creating porn. Uh, they're not your friends. Uh, he said they're doing it and creating films because every time you click on a mouse on a, on a new website or on a new video link, they make more money, which they in turn use to exploit more women. Uh, so it was good to hear him say that. And, and something that I w was just reading about that's like a real life application here uh, is his comments come just a few months after France for the very first time in, in, in the country charged four male porn stars with rape. Uh, in 2024, people, including two porn producers, were charged with pimping and modern slavery. But the arrests that happened in October, like I said, marks the, marks the first time that rape charges were leveled against uh, porn performers. And in the wake of those arrests, at least 50 abuse victims who were linked to them and others came forward to investigators and talked about some of the awful things they endured. One anonymous victim uh, said the por a pornography director forced her into doing sexual acts that left her in intense pain for days uh, another talked about being coerced into having sex with a guy uh, who lied about uh, testing negative for an STD. Uh, and as it turns out, he did have an STD and, and could have potentially passed that on to her. Uh, so this is something Fight the New Drug, a nonprofit organization that raises awareness about the dangers of porn, had to say about that. They said the porn industry is a platform on which performers, and particularly women, have long been portrayed and assumed as consenting to all of the videos they're portrayed in. Uh, but what's happening in the French porn industry is yet another reality check that that simply is not the case. Uh, so, you know, I think that's why it matters. 
matters. This is an important story. There are real life people and lives uh, tied to it, you know, on both sides of the camera, the people who are in the porn industry who are being hurt and abused time and time again. Uh, and then the marriages and families and lives that are being ripped apart by pornography addiction. So it's good to hear Ken Harrison and others, you know, raising their voices about the importance of this issue because it's a, it's a serious thing. Mm. Yeah. And it is shocking that, um, I guess we shouldn't be shocked is what I was thinking about the fact that there, this is actually, you think like, man, how is it rampant that child, you know, porn, you know, Mm -hmm. is such a rampant thing, you know, porn in of itself, um, you know, it's not good, but you can at least under the child part of it, man, it's just crazy. But I guess, you know, when you see all the things going on in, in culture now, like, like these drag shows for children and, and all these things that seem to be aimed at kids more and more, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that there's this rampant child porn epidemic out there. Well, yeah, and I think you have to look at the spiritual side of it, too. I mean, there's a there's a huge there's so much going on in that. You know, how do you how do you change people's perspectives? It's a lot easier to change a child who hasn't formed any perspectives than it is to change an mm-hmm. adult who has already formed them. And so that's why I think kids are primary, unfortunately, they're the primary victims of a lot of this because they don't want to deal with it later. They want to get the kids to think this way now. Yeah. And you're seeing it come into cartoons and all sorts of other of other things, right? Even for preschoolers. I mean, it's it's yeah. insane some of the things that are going on. You know, on the on the porn front though, Trey, I thought it was really interesting. You brought up the fact that a lot of these people who have gone into the porn industry, I mean, we've we've interviewed both of us, I know countless people who have left porn and when they tell their story, you hear a lot of what you said, you hear about the pain. I mean, nobody is waking up very few people and saying, I want to go and be a porn star today. It's something that I think happens to people. They find themselves in and it really destroys so many lives, not just, you know, the consumers, but the people who are in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think these stories are a good, particularly with what you're talking about, Dan, with younger and younger kids being drawn into pornography. Uh, it's, you can make a good argument for why you should have to have a bona fide verification system mm. to prove you're 18 years or older to access any of these porn sites. Because the sinister reality is, is that so many of these sites are preying on kids because they know if we can get them addicted at eight years old, we can make millions over their lifetime. Yep. Uh, and that's just, you know, it's something that parents need to be guarding against as much as they can and having these open conversations. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our next story about a Canadian church. This is Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo, Ontario. They put out a video and it was getting a lot of views on Twitter. And then they have the full video that you could watch on YouTube. We have both of them over at Faithwire. But basically, the central message that they put out with this video of a woman's baptism is to refuse to close your doors. And that's obviously a message for churches and for Christians. And this amazing clip features Jennifer Scott. Uh, She tells her story. She basically um, was kind of brought up in the church and then really wasn't saved. That's how she described it. She lived a life that led her into drugs. And really to summarize the way she described it, she said, I was a slave to darkness I grew up going to church, but I wasn't saved. And throughout this journey, she ends up having a son, and we get some different details from her as she's giving her testimony before the baptism. But she says some really powerful things. Um, She says none of these things, and the things she's talking about here, by the way, is getting saved, finding Jesus. None of these things would have happened if Trinity closed its doors and was solely online. I'd be dead right now if God had not used this church in my life. 
And the church puts this video out to show that there are people like Jennifer, right? Here's why it matters. There's people all over our communities who are desperate for the gospel. They're desperate for truth. And we're in an era in which so many churches have been forced to close down. You think back to the beginning of the pandemic, especially um, being forced to close their doors, not hold in-person services. And people like Jennifer are out there needing that connection. In her case, her son had invited her to a prayer meeting and she ended up going. And that was the start to getting her into a sober living center, to getting her life on track. And so it matters because when you've got people like Jennifer, and according to Trinity, they've had about 100 baptisms since 2020, since the pandemic began. They refused to close their doors. They paid tens of thousands of dollars in fines, and they've had to fight a hard battle, but they've used this video to show, look, there are people who need the church, right? Yeah, and I love that because, you know, at the beginning when it was, what is essential? And Christians were arguing, hey, church is essential. And this is a great evidence as to why. Yeah, absolutely. This is a fantastic example of of why the church, the local church and body of believers is so important because people need the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, people need the body of Christ uh, in order to to get through life. Uh, and, and people in these circumstances are, are, are you know, at the Everybody needs Christ, but they're at the greatest point where they're realizing that need for Christ. So it's it's yeah. an incredible story and a good reminder, I think, for churches who are battling with how to handle COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Real quick, I want to remind people to head over to faithwire.com. Uh, we've got an update, Billy, on that amazing Good Samaritan story that you had. The woman was reunited with one of the kids she helped save. And um, you can see that over on faithwire.com. Fantastic story there and um as always also head on over to cbnnews.com for more news from a christian perspective so we will be back here tomorrow with more god bless have a great rest of your thursday